Last week, on our first Sunday back in the sanctuary after 15 months, we reflected on ways in which our return felt something like a return from exile. We considered exile of the Israelites to Babylon and their return to Jerusalem after 70 years away. And we reflected on the joy they shared when the temple of the Lord was rebuilt and they could worship together once more. Today's first lesson continues that theme as we read from Psalm 126, which can be found on page 541 in your pew Bible. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we rejoiced. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the watercourses in the Negev. May those who sow in tears reap with shouts of joy. Those who go out weeping, bearing the seeds for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, carrying their sheaves. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. Amen and amen. I can't wait for the time when we can sing together and still I pray that you feel the Spirit's presence in these beloved hymns. We turn to our second lesson now. As Rose so beautifully said, we came last week as if home from exile and now as we're rebuilding, the question is, now what? And I love what Dave said as well about the looking backward and looking forward. So listen to the word of God as it comes to us again. This from Paul's letter to the Romans, the 12th chapter. For by the grace given to me, I say that Everyone, everyone among you ought not to think of yourself more highly, but that you take sight for the honor of all. Think with sober judgment according to the measure of faith that God has given. For as in one body we have many members, and not all members have the same function. So we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, prophecy in proportion to faith, ministry in ministering, the teacher in teaching, the exhorter in exhortation, the giver in generosity, the leader in diligence, the compassionate, in cheerfulness. Amen. See, we have the cheerful one. And for all of us, let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. 
Do not lag in zeal, be ardent in spirit, serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope, be patient in suffering, persevere in prayer, contribute to the needs of the saints, extend hospitality to others. Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep, live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. If it is possible, if it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. No, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. For by doing so, you'll heap burning coals on their heads. <laughs> Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Oh God, open our hearts to the word that you would have us hear today, that hearing we might grow into the body you desire us to be. And may all God's people say, Amen. We have been through so much, haven't we? On, on the positive side, as, as Dave points us to, in the midst of our long exile, we have been made all the more aware of God's presence. God's presence with us outside the church, the wonder of God's nearness and the beauty of creation. And, and the comfort, even in our grieving, of the promise that Christ will welcome us to his eternal home. As the, as the pandemic starts to ease, I urge us not to forget, not to forget what we have learned about the nearness of God, about God's closeness holding us fast. Yet as we exiles are blessed to return to this beautiful church home, we're reminded how much we also experience God's presence here, God's presence right here, here among these beautiful windows, here with the glory of our music, here in the presence of one another, with whom we haven't had this chance to worship together in such a long time. And, and like our ancestors who returned from exile, this is our chance now. This is our chance to rebuild, our chance to rebuild our community, to rebuild this house of God. It, 
it's understandable if our first reaction is to want to get back to normal. That is what many of us feel. And how much we've missed in this beautiful church home. But the problem is, and let me be honest, we can't go back. We can't go backwards. We can't turn back time. So much has changed since we last gathered here. It isn't as we left it. Nam He isn't here at the organ bench. Matt isn't leading prayers. Janelle isn't doing a children's message. Each one of them leaving in tragic and joyous ways differently in this last year. Now we are blessed that Stephen leads us at the organ and Dan at the piano. We are blessed that Mark is now ordained and leads our prayers. We are blessed that Jessica is new with us to lead our children and Jake here a year now to lead our youth. And, and those staff changes alone give us kind of a sense of why going back to normal isn't possible, as wistful as we are. But it's more than that. The truth is, and I see this as a blessing, the truth is that we aren't the same people as we were 15 months ago. We, each of us, has changed by the grace of God. Each of us, each of us is a different individual filled with different joys of grandchildren who have arrived, different, different griefs of those we've lost, different challenges that have made us stronger, different hopes that we have ahead of us. And, and now, in addition to our, our own lives changing, we, we also have this amazing joy of welcoming new members into our church this very day. New members who are joining in the midst of the pandemic, who've, many of whom have never worshiped here before. Welcome. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so here's the question I have for us. Rather than, than wistfully trying to get back to normal, what if, what if we trusted God's spirit who got us through this? What if we trusted God's spirit to lead us forward? to lead us into the future God has in store for us. What if God were making all things new? So, what is it God is calling us to be? What would it look like? What kind of house of God are we called to rebuild? It, 
For me, it gives me a lot of comfort to know that the earliest Christians, our ancestors in faith, were faced with the same challenge as they tried to discern what from the past was essential to keep for their identity and what God was creating afresh on the foundation of faith in Jesus Christ. There's so many scriptures that give evidence of this poignant discernment, like Corinthians, when they're trying to figure out whether some heathen practices are really okay, like eating meat offered to idols, and which weren't, like mm, licentiousness. Or Galatians, when they're trying to figure out and they're fighting over the essential ancient covenantal rite of circumcision, whether it was required of new believers or not. Not all of the decisions they made lasted over time, too. Remember, there's this passage in Titus when slaves are told to be submissive to their masters and women submissive to their husbands. Thanks be to God, John doesn't expect that. (laughs) The earliest Christians were figuring it out as they went, just as we are, what God's future looks like. So as we rebuild this community of faith, what, what can we gain from that wisdom I I find myself turning to Paul's letter to the church in Rome, in part because Rome was this sophisticated, well-educated group of people who were doing their best, but for whom competition and distractions and the frustrations of secular life pulled them away. And those things crept into their life together, too. I especially love today's lesson that that we heard, and I wonder, what would it look like for us to try to embody this, what Paul tells us in Romans 12? His wisdom starts this way. Don't think of yourself too highly, but appreciate all the different gifts that God has given For just as one body has many members, so also we who are many are one body in Christ and have different functions. We have gifts that differ, prophecy, ministering, teaching, exhortation, generous giving, diligent leadership, cheerful compassion, all of them matter, and that's just a start. So what does that look like for us? Well, for starters... For starters, God's house is only strong if all of the needed components are here. Not everyone is the sturdy timber of finance committee. Not everyone brings the cheerful warmth of deacon's compassion. Not everyone can teach adult Bible study or faith search and support. Not everyone has the gift of music to lift our hearts. Not everyone has the creativity to lead Sunday school. Not everyone has the prophetic passion to lead us to mission and justice. 
which is why every single one of us is needed, why all of our gifts matter. It's, it's so appropriate today as we welcome these new members to, to consider that all of our gifts, spiritual, psychological, architectural, intellectual, relational, financially, prophetic, all of them are needed to build this house. Just as the pandemic has pressed us to appreciate things we hadn't noticed before outside of the church, my prayer is this, that now we grow in appreciation for the variety of gifts within this church. Each person bringing something perhaps many things that is valuable to the life together. And that's the first part. It doesn't end there. While each of us brings different gifts, if, if we really are going to be the body of Christ, then the second thing is this. We all have to commit to try to grow into maturity, into being Christ's body. Uh, a small aside, the, the COVID 20 pounds that I've gained is not helpful. <laughs> so just as we have physical habits that may have slid, so also there may be spiritual practices that we haven't been as attentive to in our time. And it is time for us to commit to grow. So what does it look like for us to be Christ-like? Paul's ancient words are so breathtaking, breathtakingly prescient for our time. I think about the divisions in our country. I think about the ways that so many people feel hopeless right now or separated and alone, or, or different challenges that you might be facing in your own household. So this is what all of us need to grow to become. Let love be genuine. It's not enough to act. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil, hold fast to what is good, Love one another with mutual affection. You are not spectators watching a show. You are a family of faith. Outdo one another in mutual affection. Be ardent in spirit, rejoice in hope, patient in suffering, persevere in prayer, contribute what you can to the saints and extend hospitality to strangers. Bless those who persecute you. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Associate with the lowly. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Live peaceably with all. And, and above all, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. 
None of us can get there alone. None of us can. There's a reason why so few people are called to monastic life separately. <laughs> we are called to help one another grow in faith. And as we rebuild our family of faith, isn't that the building plan that God wants most of all? Genuine love, mutual affection, generosity and empathy, harmony, humility. And why does it matter? It would be enough if that helped each of us be more Christ-like. But the reason it matters isn't just for the sake of this beloved community. The reason is what we've seen for the last 15 months outside of this place. The reason is so as we go back out these doors into our ordinary lives, we might leave this place prepared to bring the peace of Christ into our broken and divided world, into our families that are struggling, into our city that is racked with division and poverty, into our workplaces that need real leadership and service, into this world that God so loves. It isn't just up to us, we can't do it alone, but if you take nothing else from this day, may this be it, that you are the ones, you are the ones to show the power of God's grace that overcomes evil with good. It's possible, so far as it depends on you. Amen.